You're now tuned into the Hurt and Nick's podcast. Run that back. It's your boy DJ Young Travel. DJ Stacks. My name is Pius Tritt from Martinique. Mr. White Yardy, all my looks, all my talks. Big up Brooklyn each and every time. Boop. Traveling the voice out of Trinidad and Tobago. Yo, this is Moto. Big love, this is Lyrical. Yo, Mr. Killer representing Fulanja, they don't know. Run that back podcast. Also in New York. There's always positive energy. Representing the culture. Moto there, Moto there. I'm at our people here in my life and it can't change. Run that back, you don't know. We turn up the fertility, turn over, run that back. What's going on, everybody? It's Hercules. And it's Nick. And this is our first actual episode of Run That Back. We decided to rewind that, run that back, and do episodes where we actually introduce ourselves to our listeners. And so today's Nick's introduction to the podcast very important part of this movement of run that back um her individuality her creativity her radicalism will come out and you're gonna be like where is this information and this education how does she know all these things where is this all coming from she's gonna break it into patois and 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 in the trinidadian sing song you're like whoa whoa what is going on and instead of just having you have those wild experiences, we said, <laughs> let's, let's let you know where she's coming from. Who is Nick? Or better known as Nikisha Hamilton. So I'm going to ask her some things today, and we're going to get to know her. How's that, how's that sound? That sounds great. Let's, let's get right into it. Let's, let the people that know her. Well, see, there it goes. Yeah. Already. I can't <laughs> help myself. So in that... Since that's where we went, <laughs> you are what? Who is Nikisha? And I asked that in the essence of where is your family from? And tell us a little bit about that. What is your background? So, as you said, my name is Nikisha, but for the show and public purposes, I'm rather Nick. Um, and I am was born in Brooklyn, uh, good old Brooklyn, New York. Don't buy SUNY, don't stay big up yourself, can you bring me in? <laughs> <laughs> and I, but I was raised in Crown Heights. And my family, my mom is from Trinidad and Tobago. And my dad is from Jamaica. And so my parents was together for like, for like about 16 years before they broke up. Um, and I was raised mostly with my dad, so most of the time you probably hear more like Jamaican accent because I was mostly raised by my dad, who has a very, very strong Jamaican accent. Um, <laughs> but my mom um, had more of a soft power to her, so I learned about Trinidad and whatnot um, through music and ways of being and lifestyle mm. and carnival and kiddies carnival. So you're a fat girl. I'm a fat girl. Mm. I love a fat. Okay. I love a fat. Okay. I love Bacchanal. Bacchanal. Carnivals? Carnivals is my life. When was the first time you went to a carnival? I can't remember when. Mm. What's the one that you remember? Trinidad. But, I mean, the first carnival I've ever been to was Eastern Parkway. Mm. Okay, right. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. My father used to sell food on Eastern Parkway, right on Rogers and Bedford, right across from the, the church. Mm-hmm. Or diagonal from the church, right? Across the street, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad, and then he used to sell food behind the museum. My father used to have a food truck, and he used to sell Jamaican and Trinidadian food, mm. and he used to put up the Jamaican and Trinidadian flag. So your dad was 
Jamaican and Trinidadian? No, my father's Jamaican, my mother's Trinidadian. But he was selling Jamaican and Trinidadian food? Yeah. So, so he knows how to cook both? Like, no. Well, my mom mm-hmm. was a, my mom and my grandmother were a big um, part of that. They were a big part, big part in leading the Trinidadian side of things. Mm. Um, and so my father, like my, my grandmother would probably cook. Um, like she used to make the roti. Oh, okay. Um, and then my dad would cook the curry chicken ah. and the curry goods and mm. sell mm. it. And mm. then, or like sometimes he would get some bust up shuts, which is um, um, roti without dal puri, which is um, peas. Um, okay. Split peas that's crushed. Um, so my father, or like they was, or they would sell doubles. My father would sell doubles, and then he made friends with other restaurants and like yeah, got it, it out. Got it. Got it. But people were like. You know. So you was a little kid running around, Labor Day weekend, Eastern Parkway, dad had a food truck, mom's was making the Trini food, pops was making Jamaican food, and you was just running around, singing songs, dancing, and, and working, and probably. And working, yeah. Oh, most you know, definitely. It's a Caribbean parent, household. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, but for, like, my first job was really selling soda and water. Mm. And then I got upgrade to being on the food truck and selling um, like hot dogs and burgers. And I used to cook. And like, mind you, like um, I st- we stopped doing that when I was probably like 11, 12, 13. So I was doing this from a very young age, like at three, four years old, selling people water. Okay. And 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 soda. Saleswoman. Yeah, and then <laughs> I grew up, and I used to sell. They like we don't want a picnic for sell us, um, hot dog. I said, said don't. And then I used to be like one of them fresh looking picnics. I said, said, don't buy it. Then we have more people just move up the way. <laughs> and I'm like five years old, mind you. Like I'm six, five years old. Okay, so sharp mouth from then. Yes, I was a precocious child. Oh, precocious. Okay, yes. GRE word. <laughs> got it, got it. All right, so I'm starting to see very much culture, childhood, the language was instilled in you, the foods, the music. Uh, you're in Brooklyn, the hub of Caribbean culture. Yeah. Um, so as a child, did you ever go and visit these places? What was your travel experiences like? Um, well, the first countries I've ever been to, um, besides uh, Toronto, was Jamaica and Trinidad. Those were the first countries I traveled to as a child. But I would say that I traveled to Jamaica more than I traveled to Trinidad. I started to go to Trinidad when I was like more so in middle school, mm-hmm. like 13, 12, 13 years old. And then I would go like every two, three years. But Jamaica, I grew up going to Jamaica. Like I spent so many birthdays, so many breaks, um, and and so and so I would say like my earliest, the first country I ever been to was Jamaica. Like at two years old. Mm, got it. And so I mean, fast forward. I'm sure you will get there. You you've traveled other places since. Would you say from that time till now that Jamaica, since you've been there many times, how do you feel about Jamaica? You know, and I was like that side of your because I know you, 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 yeah, it's like I'm not trying to be messy. I'm, I'm not, it's so I'm not. hard. I, I know when you have, and I mean, look, Trinidad and Jamaica to me, I think, are like two very dope cultures, yeah, and I don't think there's like one better or different than the other, but more people know about Jamaica. Just because, you know. Yes, I, I yes, because Jamaica is a, Jamaicans are loud and bossy. Mm. 
Um, and, and Trinidadians are more subtle with their stuff, but, um, but they're loud and bossy too in their different ways. Right. And they're very different countries, but very similar as well. Um, and like I said, like, I always had this guilt because like my mom was like, I know you like Jamaica more than you like Trinidad. <laughs> and, um, it's not that it's just from then till now, Jamaica has like always been the safest place. And it's so odd cause it's not, but for me, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, maybe physically, I feel like you know, Jamaica could be better with violence and I want better for Jamaica, but it's because like the smell of the air, Jamaica has this roast smell. Like yeah. we're always roasting something. Mm. We're always roasting chicken, roasting pig, fish, breadfruits, anything them can catch them, I roast it. <laughs> um, and for me, it's just always been that place where I, the music, it's like Jamaica has a sound. When when you see a still image of Jamaica, you just hear a sound, mm. you know. Mm. And then so when you're there, it's just you're just enveloped in it. Um, and so it's always been that place. And then of course the beautiful nature and the beach. I'm a fish, like literally I'm a Pisces. <laughs> so I love to be. Shout on. out to the Pisces. Shout out. Big up yourself. You don't know. We don't. We're not for chat. Yeah. Them we'll, don't we'll, know. Man, Pisces, and, she got y'all. Um, so yeah, um, I think. Got it. So Jamaica's dope. I'm biased, but you also, from your experiences and your education, also believe Jamaica's dope. Great. Trinidad's also dope. So you got these two cultures, great combinations. Best. Okay. Even better than good is best. Um, (laughs) and out comes Nikisha. Growing up Brooklyn, what what was life like after childhood? Who where did you go to school? Actually, mm-hmm. um, where did you go to school? What was your educational experiences like? Um, so, I, yes, all that Brooklyn played a role in developing who I am. And before I even go like into where I go to school, like Brooklyn, growing up in Brooklyn, my father was. Um, I would say politically active. And so I grew up around a lot of politicians in power, Caribbean people in power. And so for me, um, growing up with that, like growing up with all these elected officials and people who are leaders in our community, um, I too saw myself in that space and Mm. being able to um, do that work. And I wanted to be the one who lead conversation for the CARICOM and all that stuff because I feel I'm so Caribbean and being in Brooklyn, it helps facilitate you. Like I can always hear a Jamaican accent in Brooklyn. I can always hear a Trinidadian accent in Brooklyn. I can always eat Trinidadian food, even though it's different when you go home. So like after, like because of being from Brooklyn, um, being in a very local but international space, like New York City in general, and wanting to be a change maker, I decided to go to school at American University in Washington, D.C. Because mm-hmm. um, I thought that I was going to be a congresswoman for my home. Cause I mean, it's not too late, but that's another part of the story. Stop yourself. Who knows? Stop Who knows? yourself. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. You were a child. I was a child. You had a vision and, and a that, dream. That was and my you vision. You went down the path. 
And you're not dead. That's all I'm saying. I know. That's but, all I'm saying. Yes. Okay, continue. But, but you that, wanted to be a congresswoman. You uh, went to AU. Yes, I was inspired by Congresswoman Beth Clark because I was, uh, like, she was a uh, elected official that I, I feel like I had access to because my dad was a part of their political club. And so I was like, I'm going to go to D.C. and I'm going to intern for Yvette and I'm going to intern for Barack Obama. Hmm. So, I so went, you interned for Yvette Clark. Oh, you got to run that back real quick. You can't just... I mean, I said that's why I wanted that. to go to D.C. I didn't get to that part but of the story. But you did go to D.C. But I did go you to D.C. You interned for Yvette, Congresswoman Yvette, Yvette Clark. Clark and the first black president, in Barack Obama, in his last term. Like I had last to run year. that back yeah. because you said that. There was a lot of things I did while I was... Bro- so I went... I. Didn't know what I wanted to major in, but I thought I was going to go to law school and become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And then I started to learn about, I went through a summer program and I started to learn about different aspects of college. And Because I'm first generation, um, my my parents never been to college. Mm-hmm. I was like really one of the first people in my, co- like I'm like one of the babies in the family, but I'm one of the first people to go to college like mm-hmm. and graduate with a four year degree like within like the whole 18 to 25 year old time right, frame. Right, right. Um, so it was like a big deal for me for my I, I would like to say for my family but they don't really show emotions in that sense but like <laughs> I think so yeah I'm um, sure they yeah they're like oh wow yeah so my father's like yeah 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 turn liar so I went there and in DC so I didn't know what to do and so I met with my college counts advisor and I was just like, I want to go, and all I know is I want to do a year abroad. So that's why I'm like saying all these things because it's like, it's just all, that's just what the steps were. And like, I planned my four years mm-hmm. in her office in, in August. <laughs> I, the one and probably only internship open house I ever went to at AU was the White House one. And I went to that in September of freshman year. Mm. And they were talking about how they want experience. Like the White House intern recruiter came. And I was just like, I'm an intern for them somehow, somewhere, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I set up my whole career. And then so I, so I, that's how come I ended up in international affairs and international relations. So I, I told my advisor I wanted to do a year abroad. All I knew I wanted to do a year abroad, work for Obama, intern for that. And whatever else, well, um, whatever that path just is. Just show up. Right. Did abroad, like did the year abroad. I realized I got, I realized like I ended up, I, I ended up in international organizations, which is global comparative governance, because mm-hmm. my advisor was like, if you take these classes, then you could definitely do a year abroad and you could do a year abroad in, in, in Europe. And you oh. could also finish your Spanish minor. Oh, Spanish. Europe, yeah. Traveling. Yeah. So Language. I, and then they that the program was great because you had homestay, you fed five days a week unless you're on away. So where did you end up traveling to while you was in college? Oh man! So my sophomore year, I went to Cuba, mm-hmm. studied to study Cuba. race, Got to it. study race and ethnicity, and then I moved to um, Spain. Spain. And then there, it's like 19 countries. Mm. So. Well, so you went to 19 countries while staying in Spain. No, Spain, and, and then I, I went to Spain, and I, I lived in Spain and Belgium. 
Oh, Spain and Belgium. And okay. then while I was living in both countries, mm-hmm. I traveled. So when I was living in Spain, I traveled to like, I, I did south, Southern Europe. So I traveled to like Italy, um, Portugal, Greece, Turkey, and then the south of Spain. And then when I moved to Belgium, I did um, the Netherlands, um, England, um, well, London, yeah, yeah England, um, France, Germany, uh, Kosovo, Vatican, um, Serbia, um, former, um, former like Yugoslavia, Macedonia, um, um, Bosnia, Prague, uh, no, Czech, Czech, Czech Republic, which is, um, Hungary, Austria, um, I said Vatican. Did I say Vatican? I don't think so. Vatican. Um, and, oh, Luxembourg. Wow. <laughs> wow. Luxembourg, yeah. I wow. think. And I said Turkey, right? Yeah, I think wow. I said Turkey earlier. I mean, I, I know I think our listeners got the memo. Yeah, uh, I know. I just went to yeah. the whole list. No, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and then actually. I went back to Cuba my senior year uh-huh. while I was working for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the White House. I love that. And I went the week before Obama went. And when I was working for the White House, they sent me his speech mm. that he said when he was in Cuba. Because they knew I came back from Cuba. Oh, wow. And so I was there for 10 days. And so, like, yeah, those were the countries I went to. I mean, I could have went to other countries. Like, I could have went to South Africa. Um, but I, I wanted to leave my own trip to Cuba. So I taught, like, I was a facilitator slash teacher of, like, Cuban and, un- like, Cuba and U.S. relations and understanding um, race mm-hmm. and ethnicity in Cuba. So I was doing that while I was um, interning for the White House. Um, and then my sophomore year, I interned for a vet. My um, summer into sophomore year, I interned in the U.S. Attorney's Office. And then I interned for um, Mayor de Blasio in the Community Affairs Unit when he first started, when there was hope. And um, I interned, when I was living in Belgium, I interned for a lobbying firm. Wow. Okay. Um, hold on. Because this is a lot to digest. Yes. Yes. A lot of information. Yes. I'm, I don't want to overwhelm um, you guys. I'm sorry. Your resume, you haven't even got through it yet, is astronomical. And so what keeps coming up for me as a question is, when you graduated college, how old were you? 22. So you're saying that, okay, the internships at the White House and all of that happened during college. Mm-hmm. My so senior. like, so like, if everything like, happened between like, eighteen and twenty-two, like all of what you just was talking about happened before you turned twenty-three. Yeah, by the time I turned. By 22. the time, by the time you turned twenty-three, you did. By the time I turned all turned of that. because I was I was in the White House when I was twenty-one. And then I turned 22 in Cuba, and I finished out my internship at the White House, and then I graduated. That's impressive. I don't know that many people who have 
that expansive of undergraduate experience, especially when it comes to traveling. Um, I know that people study abroad and sometimes, you know, get into other places while they're abroad. Um, but wow. I mean, I guess it helped the career that the, the major you were studying um, definitely, I'm sure, played a large role in those possibilities. But that's dope. So, okay, well-traveled, Caribbean woman, uh, educated, um, let's find out what do you like to do for fun? Obviously, travel. Like, don't even need to... We got that. Y'all got yeah. that? I got that. Yeah. Okay. And if so, if you're not traveling and doing that part of what you love, what are the other things that Nikisha enjoys doing, um, whether as a child or now, but like these are the things that Nikisha loves? Nick, should I say? Yeah. Because <laughs> Nikisha, Nick, um, consistently, I think um, something so simple, but reading. Mm. Um, I love learning. Um, I'm such an avid reader, and I feel like um, reading provides me a safe space. Um, and I am always reading. That is one consistent activity I'm doing. Always reading, always learning, always learning something new every day. Um, and so that is so amazing and great. Mm -hmm. Reading, okay. I love to read. Um, I love to dance. So I started dance and doing photography, and I did photography as well. And I do photography now. I don't dance any as much as I used to, at all. Um, you a little rusty, little rusty. I'm very rusty. Okay, okay, but you still get down in the fetch though. Yeah, I still, I still, my waistline is still okay. Water, like water, like mm. no wire. Okay, no. Smile. Heard you. Um, it's great. It's, <laughs> it's a great wine. I just have to say, I'm very proud of myself. Um, so I do love to dance. I love to go out dancing. I love film photography. I, I, I've recently discovered this year biking. Mm, okay. I enjoy new biking. Hobby, new, new hobby. hobby. Um, and I just love to create. Like I, I love, uh, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. And right now, even as I encounter different changes in my own business, um, and what I want to do, I really do enjoy that entrepreneurship. Um, and figure out what is my 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 jive like what, what like what 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 do I connect with and what do I want to do but there's it, it's like I love music I love listening to music I love I love traveling I love learning new things I love going to museums and um, galleries I love art I love art so mm. I any exposure to love art all right run that back say it again I love art. So anything that can expose me to culture and art, like whether it's a concert or um, going to a ballet show or going to a step show, whatever it is, I I, I love to be an audience me member. I love mm -hmm. being an audience <laughs> member. Um, so yeah, those are some things. But if you want to say, well, you could catch me doing every day, it's probably um, reading. Reading. Something. Got you. Got yeah. you. I love that. You sound like someone who's very well-rounded at a very young age. And I love to eat too, sorry. You're a foodie. I'm a foodie. 
got to not leave that out if that is a fact. That is a fact. It looks like it's a fact. It's a fact. In the sense that you your eyes lit up when you was oh, I gotta I gotta put food back into this I'm conversation. Let me tell you something. Mm. I'm not a gastro person. Like people who do like gastro eating kinda like like not there yet, but I am adventurous. Got you. We heard a little bit about your upbringing. We heard about college, left college, you graduated, and what was life like next? Um, I know you started a business. What is what was that? Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so after I left college, I I kind of find out found myself like not knowing where I want to be. I'm still in that phase of my life, but it's okay. We're all on this journey together. Um, so I left college. I became an urban fellow, worked in the Department of Homeless Services. Didn't like, I liked it. I loved my team. They were really dope, but I didn't really like working in the Department of Homeless Services just because it's like sad for me. Um, and then I ended up stumbled my way into the Brooklyn Museum where I became the head of government community relations. And that's when I found what I wanted to do, like mm. how I wanted to apply my government skills. Like I loved being in the middle of like government and arts and culture and being able to develop policies to expand equity into the sector. And then when I started to really work in that space, I started to see that it's mad racist and that, you know, people of color are being treated with a lack of respect in, in institutions, in the sector, and just, um, just, just in general. And we see that in every sector. So that was the moment where I was like, oh, maybe I found something I'm really passionate, like I can really do because I love arts and culture. You love like, art, you love culture. I love to travel. I understand love, government. And I understand government. So like, what, like, you know, I always want, I went to school for international relations and I always wanted to go international and be, but still be local somehow. And arts and culture is the perfect mix between local and international. Right. So right. from there, I started my own business called Offending Creative Studios that works to expand the creative economy for the African diaspora. Hold that. Stick a pen. Let's run that back. You said something that I thought was interesting. Art and culture is the best international and local experience. Right. Because and 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 essentially you created a Finney Studios to have that reach and kind of support that community. Right. Because the vision for me when I created um, a Fanny was that I eventually would be working with government officials and organizations that um, support the arts and culture sector across the African diaspora. And so not, not, not just like going to countries that are led by black people, which is like the ultimate goal, but also going to countries that like England, because we have a large African diaspora in London, right. you know, right. like all over the world, all over the world. So how do we work with these communities throughout the world to connect our economy? So that that was that is the goal. So I started off here and working with nonprofit organizations here to basically um, advocate to the government for resources, for policy changes and stuff and such. Um, and it's been a very interesting experience. And, and now I just feel like I just want to learn more mm. um, because I feel like 
I, I, I think I need to know, learn more because I don't feel like I see a lot of information around the importance of social policy and cultural policy. And how much revenue gets made from the culture, right? That's a whole conversation we can have and we will have. Right. Um, and so I think that's interesting. So uh, a little opportunity for some bragging rights for Fenty Creative Studios because you said you worked in government consulting um, with these non-for-profits um, to help support this creative economy right here in New York City and Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you have to somehow get money. So what does that part look like? How much money has Fenty Creative Studios been able to um, get in the few years that you've been in operation? Two years? Three years you've been Three in Three years. About three years. years. And um, for our clients, we've helped them raise uh, about 4 to $5 million in the past three years. Um, and so that's a major accomplishment. And it's not something that I've done on my own. Like, it's um, knowing that we have elected representatives that want to support our community. Right, right. And, and it's just helping our communities better communicate so that we can make these elected officials' jobs easier when it comes to allocating funding. Um, so since I understood that language, since I've built these relationships, I wanted to utilize my relationships for good yeah. so that we could build these institutions and they stay here because it's so critical having these cultural institutions, especially when we are facing gentrification um, and colonization and all the zations. <laughs> you, you said four million? Yeah. Two years? Four or five, yeah. Four or five? That's not bad. No, it's, I, I don't think so. That's, that's like, and I'm, I'm being light about it, and so are you, clearly. <laughs> that's good. Um, I don't, wow. And just you, small little shop, little that's grassroots organization. I've, I've had the fortune of having like some colleagues come in and out, but you know, the, the rocky things about entrepreneurship, it's really just you for a while until you really get a grasp of how you want to run your own business and mm. how you want to grow and, and where you want to go next. Um, but just me, $4 million, um, and, and, and my clients met their goals, like get met their goals or exceeded their goals. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Phenomenal. I love that you were able to compact so much about who you are, what you love, um, and where you've come to. Because obviously this podcast, this experience, this journey we're about to bring folks on is where we're going to go next. Right. right. But now folks have, I think, a really awesome opportunity to really see who Nick is and like what got you here. I understand that in all of your glory, there's also your story. There's the struggle. There's the traumas. Yeah. There's the things you had to fight through in order to succeed. The yeah. things that you're probably still fighting with because that's a part of life. Um, but like, I want to talk about the highs in this space because you know people should know that you have overcome those challenges, whatever it is. You know, and I know that we'll also dive into some of those things as we go deeper mm -hmm. in. Um, but definitely thank you and thank you to our viewers and our listeners for checking out our first episode of many introducing us to Nick um, and who she is, what she's about, what she loves. And um, we'll see you on the next episode of Run That Back.
makes you run that back, run that back, run that back, run that back. I'm at a people place in my life and it can't change. Run that back, you don't know. We turn up the fate till it turn over. Run that back. Representing the culture, you're watching. Run that back. Big up Brooklyn each and every time. Boop. Run it back. You gotta run it back. Run that back. We go run that back. Do something crazy. Run that back is pure energy. Crazy, crazy. If it's nice, play it twice. You understand what I'm saying? And if it's sweet, make sure you can repeat. Run that back. You understand what I'm saying? No time to chat. No time to talk. Just run that back. Mr. Killer says so.